I love that. Love Christmas movies. Welcome to Central. My name is Tim. I get the honor of serving as one of the pastors here. And uh, Merry Christmas. I mean, we are like almost there. Uh, I want to give a special shout out not only to those of you here in the room, but also welcome those of you joining us online. We are glad that you're with us. Let's give it up for them as well. It's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I uh, have a suspicion that today we might be a house divided. And uh, here's what I mean by that. How many of you here believe, matter of fact, you are 100% totally convinced that you should open Christmas presents on Christmas Eve? Let me see your hands. Let me see. There they are. Just one. Is it PJs? Because that doesn't count if it is. That's what we do at my house. I'm like, that's not the way to start off Christmas. PJs, come on. How many of you believe Christmas Day is the day you open presents? That's the day, all right, all right. How many of you have been guilty of opening presents prior to Christmas Eve or prior to Christmas Day? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, One of our friends posted this picture on social media uh, this week. This is their little daughter, uh, Joelle, and mom was getting her makeup on and getting ready for the day while Joelle unwrapped every present under the tree and managed to unbox some of the toys and spread them out all across the floor. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, mom and dad, for that. Really, Joel did what we all wish we could do, right? Like just tear in, just go for it. Reckless abandonment, dig into the gifts. And I got good news. This is the big idea for the day. If you hear nothing else, lean in, hear this. The greatest Christmas present is God's presence. And you don't have to wait to open it, right? You don't have to wait. The good news, you can dig in. You can, you can pull a Joel and just go for it. You just, you just go for it. I did a little research this week about some toys through the decades. Uh, if you were born or raised in the 60s and 70s, you may have wanted one of these uh, whenever you, you grew up, some Legos. Uh, this is when they first came out. You guys might remember some of these. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, my, my, they're actually still a big deal. One of my sons asked for some Legos this Christmas. If you grew up in the 70s and 80s, you might have wanted one of these. Check this out. Yeah, you guys might remember these. Here's the updated version. Check this out. Oh, it even has a blaster on there, baby. And uh, and if you grew up in the 70s and 80s, you might have had one of those black Darth Vader cases like to carry your Millennium Falcon. I mean, that was a big deal. You remember these things. Uh, Check out this next one. If you grew up in the uh, 80s and 90s, you might have remembered one of these. Uh, how many hours were consumed of your childhood on these things? Uh, I mean, Mario Brothers, Excite Bike, uh, uh, Duck Hunt, and my personal favorite, Contra, uh, Zelda. Okay, well, you're forgiven. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Contra, I've forgotten a lot of things through the years. I've forgotten addresses. I've forgotten phone numbers. I've forgotten birthdays. I forget names. But one thing that has always stuck with me is the cheat code for Contra. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start, boom, 30 lives coming your way, right? Come on. That's it. That's it. Never left me. Some things, the good things stay with you. Uh, USA Today, or not USA Today, the Today Show actually announced that this is the number one toy for 2019. Uh, I had never heard of this. Maybe you've never heard of this, but this is an Owlies. And, uh, And here's what you do. You can feed it. And you can train it to fly. This little thing turns into like this drone that floats around uh, your house. I mean, toys have advanced in the years, right? Uh, but uh, I don't know what you've asked for this Christmas. I don't know what maybe miracle you've been praying for this Christmas. For some of you, you just want some peace in your home this Christmas. Perhaps this Christmas, you're just praying for the miracle that God would turn down the drama 
a little bit. Maybe you want some love, some togetherness, sense of belonging. Maybe you want some peace and quiet this Christmas. Maybe for this Christmas, you just want to stop the hustle for a little bit. Maybe to be able to rest and not feel so tired and not feel so overwhelmed and not feel so much pressure in this season. Maybe you just want to feel happy again, the awe and wonder that you once felt as a child. Maybe you want to wake up Christmas morning and feel like everything's going to be okay. To have this confidence that you know, that you know, that you know that the best days really are yet to come. Well, those are the exact gifts that God gives at Christmas. Jesus was born not to just give us a holiday. He was born to bring in a new day into our lives. He was born to rescue us, to help us live lives that we were actually created to live. He wasn't born just to give us a holiday. He was born to bring a new day filled with hope, filled with joy, filled with peace, forgiveness, eternal life, and purpose throughout this life. So today I want to go back to that that first Christmas and see if we can answer the question, how do we experience the best gifts this Christmas? How do you experience the best gifts this Christmas? How can I experience the best gifts this Christmas? The greatest gift of Christmas isn't one you have to open. You don't have to shop for it. The Owlies is actually sold out until January 25th of 2020. You don't have to wait till January 25th to open this gift. You can pull a Joel and dive into the best gift of Christmas today. And my prayer, my hope is that you would open the gift of his peace, his help, his direction, and his joy in this Christmas. So if you want to follow along, we got some notes in your program you received on the way in with some fill in the blanks and uh, the scripture references we'll be talking through today. Uh, but we're going to be in the book of Matthew primarily, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, if you brought your Bibles, you can turn there, pull up on your mobile device, we'll also have it on the screen. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to jump in in verse 18. Here's what it says. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, and he said this, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We see in this narrative that the first Christmas was filled with miracles, great miracles, audacious, like mind-blowing miracles. We also see that the first Christmas was filled with drama, lots of drama. I mean, how many of you fellas, like you're engaged to the woman of your dreams. She comes to you and she's like, hey, babe, sit down. I need to tell you something. I'm pregnant. Right? And you're like, wait, what? Like, you know, you haven't, there's drama, right? It's an engagement, that's gone bad. And because Joseph is this righteous man, he, he loves God, he loves Mary. He's like, I'm not going to publicly shame her, but I am going to leave her quietly. He must have been disappointed, afraid of what people would think, probably wondering what the future holds for him and for his woman he, that he loved. And what does the angel say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I feel like maybe some of you came to church today just to hear this word. Don't be afraid. Is there drama at Christmas? Absolutely. Don't be afraid. 
The miracle of Christmas is Jesus. It is not Santa. It is not what took place on 34th Street. The miracle of Jesus is that God stepped into humanity to rescue humanity. He came to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. But at every turn, in every miracle surrounding the greatest miracle of Christmas is this resounding message, don't be afraid. Fear not. Week one, we looked at the story of Zechariah in Luke 1.13. This angel appears to this guy named Zechariah, and here's what he says. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Luke 1.30, Mary receives this message. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. We just read in Matthew chapter 1 this message to Joseph. Don't be afraid. This message to the shepherds in Luke 2.10. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be cause for great joy for all people. Why is this resounding message found over and over in the first Christmas story? Because in the first Christmas, there was a lot of drama. In the first Christmas, there was a lot of fear. And so time and time again, we receive this message, don't be afraid. And maybe today you come into this place and you carry a little trepidation. You carry a little bit of concern for the future. How is everything going to shake out? Listen to the message that the angels give at Christmas. Don't be afraid. The angel brings God's peace to a stressful situation. The first thing that we do if we're going to get the most out of Christmas this year is to open the gift of God's peace. That's the first fill in the blank. Open the gift of God's peace. So much of Christmas gets focused on gifts from Santa, but, but those gifts come with some pretty serious strings attached to those gifts, don't they? I mean, just think about the song, Santa Claus is coming to town, right? Like he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out naughty or nice, kind of scary. And then it says he, this, he, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Like he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake, that sounds more like Homeland Security. Like he's watching you while you sleep. He's watching you while you're awake. Like what's going on? I think most of us can relate to this note to Santa. Uh, It says this, this kid says, dear Santa, I've been good all year. Well, well, most of the time, at least some of the time, Never mind. I'll buy my own gifts, right? Like I'm good. Like, don't worry about it. Or you wonder what the standard is, like naughty or nice, but like, where's the standard? Where's the, where's the dividing line? Uh, this, I heard this story about this kid who stand, sat in Santa's lap and, uh, and he, Santa says, Hey, have you been, have you been good this year? And the boy says, well, Santa, define good. Like the kid's going to be a lawyer. But sometimes I think we get the story of Santa mixed up with the story of Jesus. And when we bring this naughty and nice thinking to Jesus, and, and if you were to ask the average person that you work with, like, hey, do you think you're going to go to heaven when you die? They would say, well, yeah, absolutely. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I'm, I'm a good person. In other words, like, I'm on the nice list. But then what's, what's the standard? And I think some of us here, maybe we'd say, yeah, I think I'm going to heaven. If we were to press a little bit and say, well, what, how do you know? I don't, maybe there's a little bit of, little bit of doubt And here's the good news. You don't have to wonder how to get right with God. You don't have to wonder if you're going to heaven. You don't have to wonder what that is. Because the Bible says this in John 1, 8 and 9. If we claim we have no sin, if we claim we've never blown it, if we claim like we're perfect, like we're on the nice list for sure, for sure, for sure, 
Like, like I've never made a mistake. I've never, like, I, I think I'm a good enough person. I think I'm going to go to heaven. It says this, you're, you're actually, we fool ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Because the reality is, like, you've blown it. I've blown it. I've done some things I wish I didn't do. Said some things I wish I could unsay. Thought some thoughts I wish I could unthink. Like, I, I, I've blown it. And my guess is that you have too. And if we claim we have no sin, then we're, we're fooling ourselves. And the truth isn't living in us. But check this out. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all wickedness. It's not necessarily about, about you being on the right list or the naughty list, the nice list, but it's about what he's done for you that gets you on the nice list. It's what, what he's done for you, his righteousness, his goodness, his love, his mercy that can cover all your mistakes. The truth is that we would all like to be on the nice list, right? But we've blown it. But here's the great promise of Christmas. You can receive peace from God by making peace with God. You can receive peace from God by making peace with God this Christmas. You can be forgiven, cleansed, restored. You can be reconnected with God, restored in right relationship, not by being good, but by reaching out to the one who is good and asking for forgiveness. God has already made the first move. That's the reminder of Christmas. Anytime there's a blow up in a relationship, anytime there's a disconnection in relationship, it's upon one individual to make the first move to try to restore relationship, to try to make things right, to humble themselves and say, hey, you know what, babe, I shouldn't have said that. Like, sorry, right? Christmas is a reminder that Jesus actually makes the first move to restore relationship, to put things back into right standing, to get you back into to good standing with him. And, and some of us, we, we project onto God like this Taylor Swift mindset where we're never, ever, ever getting back together. Uh, but that's not what God would say. That's what Taylor Swift would say. He actually goes to this great extent. He becomes, he steps into humanity to rescue humanity. He left heaven to get you back. He, he lived and died and rose again to let you know that there's no more need for guilt, no more need for shame, no more need for wondering if God is real, if he cares, if he hears, if he's concerned about you. You can't change the past, but he can forgive you your past and he can give you a new future. You just need to start asking for forgiveness that he is always ready to give. Christmas is a reminder that he has taken the first step to offer you this gift of his peace. You just need to receive it. The greatest gift of Christmas is God's presence. And you don't have to wait to open it. So how do we experience more this Christmas? Well, first we open the gift of his peace. And then secondly, we open the gift of God's help. We open the gift of, of God's help. In the Bible, names are very significant. And God's given many names in the Bible and it's, it's like there's just not one name that can really encompass all that he is, that can really define how awesome he is, how big he is. Uh, here are some of the names that the Bible gives to God. And it says, uh, some of them are this. He is the mighty one, the Lord, the ruler, the Lord of angels' armies, the God who sees, the God who provides. He's the God who heals, the God who perfects. Uh, 
He is your peace, your rock, your stronghold, your rescuer, your redeemer, your creator. He is the God who is ever present, the God who is available, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the father of eternity, the prince of peace, the holy one, the strong tower, the ruler, the king of glory, the ancient of days, the father of lights, the father of mercy, the God of all comfort, the savior of all, the good shepherd, the faithful witness, the bright and morning star, the lion of Judah, the lamb of God, the author and perfecter of your faith, the head over all things. He is the way, the truth, the life, the door, the servant, the advocate, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the alpha, the omega, the king of all rulers of the earth. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that's pretty good news this Christmas. And I think that's worth a round of applause. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. And that's just a partial list. We serve a God who is awesome. And here's the gift of Christmas. He's willing to help that God, willing to step into your mess, willing to step into your situation and say, I'm here to help you if you would let me. No name can fully capture all that he is, but I love this name that we hear of God in Matthew 1. 21 through 23. This is the angel still speaking to Joseph. And he says to Joseph about Mary, she shall have a son and you shall name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and you are to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Did you catch it? The God with you, the God who's with me, Emmanuel, God with us. You see, here's the amazing news of Christmas. God doesn't just offer us peace through forgiveness. He offers you strength through his presence. He's not the God who leaves you high and dry. No, he steps in. He says, I am with you. I am Emmanuel. You can experience my peace by experiencing my forgiveness, but I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to give you strength through my presence, to do what you would never be able to do on your own. As his name reveals, he is bigger than any issue you are facing today. He's bigger than your mortgage. He's bigger than your bills. He's bigger than your depression. He's bigger than your report card, bigger than your rap sheet, bigger than your past, bigger than your future. He's bigger than the stock markets. He's bigger than the politics. He is bigger than the undone Christmas list. He's bigger than your loneliness. He is bigger than your frustration, your illness, your retirement, the work issues, the troubled son, the wayward daughter, the addicted family member, the unfaithful ex, the abusive parent, the debt, the failures, all the mistakes, all the, mis- all the sins. I'm just letting you know he's bigger today. And I know some of you have some very real issues and some very big challenges, but I want you to know your God is bigger. And sometimes we go to God and we tell him how big our problems are, but sometimes we need to take a step back and start telling ourselves, we serve a really big God. And he's still on the throne. He still has your back. And he still brings you this gift of peace. And he's still willing to step in your situation and offer you some help today. That's pretty good preaching right there, I feel like. (laughs) I'm about to amen myself. (laughs) He's big. He's big. I'm just saying he's awesome. He's awesome. And let's remind ourselves of that. In the midst of the hustle, in the midst of the season, we serve an awesome God. Fill our thoughts with that. The greatest Christmas present is God's presence, and you don't have to wait to open it. You can experience more of this Christmas by opening God's gift of his peace, by opening God's gift of his help, And third, you can open the gift of God's guidance, his guidance. 
You ever wish life came with like turn-by-turn directions? You know, like take this job, go to that school, date that person. Oops, red flag. Don't date that person. Bad news. Redirecting route. Marry this person. That would be awesome. Develop this talent. Seek this opportunity. Avoid this mistake. Imagine how much smoother life might go if we had turn-by-turn directions. Uh, I went to uh, the DMV a couple weeks ago. And it's funny how, like, the DMV is just a punchline in and of itself, right? Like, I say DMV, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, so I went to the DMV, right? And uh, lots of paperwork involved. Get there, wait in line, wait for them to call my number. They call my number, right? And I'm thinking, great, I'm going to be able to get my license, my plates, all the stuff that I need. And uh, I get there. No, they just want to check to make sure I have all the paperwork to go into that line to be able to get those things that I need. And, like, I'm here longer than I thought. I have a, a meeting coming up, and, like, I hate being late. And so, like, I'm wound really, really tight because I feel like I'm wasting my time here. And I'm like, hey, I just, I just have to go. Like, I'm going to come back another day. I cannot. I can't wait. And, uh, and so I get in my car. I'm driving to this meeting and uh, using navigation, turn-by-turn direction. I pull onto this highway because I still don't know where I'm going here in San Jose unless it's to the church or to the kids' school. Like, I'm still, still using turn-by-turn directions, everything. And, uh, and so I pull onto this highway. If my life depended on it, I could not tell you the name of the highway. And my phone just goes. I'm like, what? I can't, I can't do anything. Like, I can't dial 911. I can't smoke signals, SOS, like I, I don't have anything and I don't know where I'm going. And so like I'm cruising along at 70 miles an hour, wound really tight from what I just experienced late for this appointment that's ahead of me. And I have no clue how to get there. Have you ever felt like that? Not just on the highway, but in life. And you're like, God, could I get a little help? And here's the good news. He wants to help. The Bible actually says that he does offer guidance. He does offer direction to those who read his word, know his word, and follow the voice of his spirit. In the Christmas story, we actually see this take place with an interesting group of guys called wise men or magi. And these, these guys are, are fascinating characters in the Christmas story. And I wish I had more time to really dive in and unpack just how, how, how huge they are in this narrative. But basically, they follow this celestial event that captures their attention. And it points to this old prophecy about the coming Messiah. And they go over 400 or 500 miles on this journey to find Jesus. And here's how Matthew tells it in Matthew 2, 9 through 11. The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and, and stopped over the place where the child was. He was a child at this point. 500 miles it would have taken them years. So Jesus probably two, three, maybe four Years old at this time. Sorry if that ruins your nativity scene. Uh, we have wise men in ours too. It's fine. Um, when the star they saw, when they saw the star again, they were, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child and his mother, Mary. They bowed down. And they worshiped him. They opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So much we could say about that text we just read. But the bottom line is this, they seek God and they find him because God himself gives them direction because they're willing to follow the signs. All that qualifies them is that they were interested, they're intrigued, they're willing to do whatever God showed them to do next. And that's really, I think, how God's turn-by-turn directions work. He doesn't show us the whole map. He just says, hey, go right. Once you go right, he's going to tell you where to go next. 
So what's the best next thing that maybe God's asking you to do? These wise men, they follow the signs, which is really a, a gift and direction all in of itself. They're willing. Some of you here, you're like, hey, you know what? Like, you, maybe you sense God tugging on your heart. In the past, maybe you sense him tug on your heart even here today. Here's what you need to know. God is already seeking you. God's already calling you out. He's already drawing you to himself. Because here's what's true of God. No one comes to him unless he first like prompts them, draws them, invites you. And you say, well, there's no way that could be true of me because you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know how far gone I am. Tim, I'm the farthest thing from a religious, religious person you will ever meet. You have no idea. And while all those things might be true, yet you're here. You're here in this. You're listening to this message. God has gotten you this far. And the question is, will you be like the wise men? Will you follow the signs? Will you do the best next thing? Will you follow the star? Using your friends, your mind, your knowledge, your time to find what you're looking for. And what were the results of the wise men? They were filled with joy. They were filled with awe. They were filled with wonder. They were filled with thankful generosity because their lives had finally been filled with Christ. And he makes all the difference. That's why I say the greatest Christmas present is God's presence. And you don't have to wait to open it. You can discover that for yourself this Christmas. The title that Jesus was given earlier, we talked about this, was Emmanuel. He is with us. He is with us here right now. He is available. The question is, will you follow the star? Will you open the gift of his peace? Will you open the gift of his help? Will you be open to his direction, to his guidance? This Christmas can mark the day that not only Jesus came into the world, but it can mark the day that Jesus came into your life to give you new life. It's not what's on your list, but it's who's in your heart. It's not about the perfect home or the perfect holiday, but it is all about knowing the perfect Savior. And I hope you get lots of presents this year. But more than that, I pray you feel his presence because that's the true miracle of Christmas. Regardless if you open your presents on Christmas Day, regardless if you open your presents on Christmas Eve, regardless if you've already opened your presents, the greatest gift of Christmas is God's presence. And you don't have to wait to open it. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for the gift of your presence. We thank you, God, how you invite each and every one of us to have a fresh encounter with you, a real relationship with you. And God, as we do, we can experience your peace. We can experience your help. And you guide us through life. So God, will we open those gifts afresh? Some of us have known you for a long time, but we just need a fresh encounter with you. Some of us maybe have never experienced you before. So God, would you reveal yourself to us today? Would you draw us to yourself? As you continue to pray with every head bowed, every eye closed, if, if you're here today and in this Christmas season, we're going into this, this holiday, but, but Jesus didn't come just to bring a holiday. He came to bring us a new day filled with his hope, filled with his presence, filled with his peace. And if you want to open the gift of knowing Christ this Christmas, you can do that today. You don't have to wait. The Bible actually says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, like you're going to allow God to have control, you're going to surrender your life to him and do things his way. And you believe in your heart that, that Jesus 
not just was born, but he lived a perfect life, died a sinful sin, uh, lived a, a sinless life, died a brutal death to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. Then you can be forgiven. You can experience new life, a new day today. So if that's you, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer like this. If you want to become a follower of Jesus, you want to open that gift today. Just say a simple prayer along with me like this. God, I recognize that I've made mistakes and I've blown it. And because of that, God, there's nothing I can do to really balance the scales, so to speak. But God, I believe that you sent Jesus at Christmas to pay the penalty for my sins, to pay the penalty that I deserve so that I could experience real life in you. So God, I'm asking you to come into my life today. I'm acknowledging that now you're the Lord, you're the leader. You call the shots. I want to do it your way, not my own. And God, would you give me your, your spirit, your, your presence to help me live that kind of life that you're, you're asking me to live? Not that I can be perfect, but I do want to follow you. You're the perfect Savior. So today, God, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Father, for everyone that prayed that simple prayer, I pray, God, that this Christmas would be a milestone they never forget. It would be the game changer of all Christmases. That, God, you would let them sense your forgiveness even now. That, God, you would wash away their guilty conscience. That, God, you would allow them to experience the freedom as your son, as your daughter, that you call them to. God, may this Christmas be filled with joy for them, joy unspeakable. God, would you do what only you can do? In Jesus' name, amen.